Hey, this is Don Nelson. You're listening to my favorite dumb bastard, and that guy used to play for me. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the Razor and Mr. T on KNBR 680, the sports leader. It is the Razor, Mr. T. Ralph is out. I am not. Always a pleasure to talk to my former coach who uh, holds the record with 1,335 wins, five NBA championships as a player, three-time coach of the year, and now Hall of Famer. Coach, congratulations. Hey, well, thanks, Tommy. I sure appreciate that. We were hoping that would happen, and it did. Now, it won't be actually announced until Monday. We're not going to get fined for tampering, are we? Well, I don't know. You know, nobody told me to keep it a secret, so I told some of my friends, and it's all over the place now. So anyway. So what did you, uh, I mean, what? what's your, I know you've always said that, look, I had a great career coaching, great career playing. I didn't need this to validate what I did. But now that you have it, now that you're a member of the Hall of Fame, what were your initial thoughts? Well, it's quite an honor. I, you know, I keep thinking that I'm undeserving, to be quite honest with you. You know, we got guys like my dear friend Al Adels hadn't been in yet, and Dick Mata and Bill Fitch and guys like that. My goodness sakes. And here I am, uh, you know, going in. Uh, I feel unworthy more than anything, but yet it happened, and I'm happy that it, it happened. Uh, I was very content with the way that it was. I would have been fine. This is just like frosting on top of your cake, you know. What did you do to celebrate last night? I played poker down at Willie's. Oh, I would have never guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, everything was the planets were in the right uh, orbit because uh, you know everything I did yesterday was a positive. <laughs> so you took, so you went to the Hall of Fame and you took their money too. I took their money. Big- <laughs> We're talking to Don Nelson, like I said, former coach of mine, and now a member of the Hall of Fame. Coach, one of the things people would bring up in maybe you not making the Hall of Fame was you never won a championship and be a championship as a coach. Do you look back on that with uh, with some uh, – regret's not the right word, but were there teams that you thought were good enough to win an NBA championship but didn't quite get there? I believe we lost the coach. <laughs> and like that, he's gone. Don Nelson, usual suspect. We'll give him a call. Right back. I'm wondering if there are teams, maybe a Mavericks team, toward the end of his tenure there, maybe a Bucks team that he thought could have competed, could have won a championship. I mean, I've always said those were those were tough teams he was going up against. Celtics, Sixers. Maybe there was a Maverick team toward the end there that he felt could have won an NBA championship that didn't win an NBA championship. But Brian's hooking up with him right now. I mean, I, I obviously you know that I think he's deserving and it's not just a coaching basketball Hall of Fame. The guy was a the integral part of winning NBA championships as a player. Hey, Coach, we're talking about NBA championships, and as a coach, you never won one. And people always say, well, Nelly did this, Nelly did that, but he never won an NBA championship. Are there teams that you felt like should have won an NBA championship or were good enough to win an NBA championship, but you just didn't quite get there? Well, I was talking to my lawyer, John O'Connor, today. We were talking about that that very same uh, subject. Uh, you know, I like to build things. And uh, what, what I do, what I did was go to bad teams and make them and hopefully have a chance to win after that. So the first thing is to make them better. And I really enjoyed doing 
doing that. So when you do that, a couple of things have to happen. You, you get a bunch of losses at first, and then if you're fortunate enough to turn the team around, then you start to win, and then you can start having bigger plans after that. That's happened in uh, every every place that I've been, uh, with the exception of New York. I was only there for a cup of coffee. But other than that, uh, you know, we, we had bad records when I went in and good records when I left, basically, or I had a success when I left anyway. And uh, so that that's really what I was all about. I, my best uh, opportunity to win was in Milwaukee uh, when I really did develop a, a really good team. And uh, unfortunately, the Boston Celtics had the best team in basketball, won the world championship. And when they didn't win it, the Philadelphia 76ers won it with Moses Malone and Dr. J and all those guys. That was the, the East was just full of talent. Yeah. And uh, that made it really difficult. So we played them both. We beat them both. But then the other guy would beat us, you know, in the finals. So we one of those deals. Uh, so I don't regret that. I, we battled. We tried the best we could. I always thought I got the best out of my ball club. Yeah. And that was him. That's what was important to me. Do you think, had the Mavericks kept Steve Nash, that you would have you would have been able to win there? Yeah, I thought that was a huge mistake when they did not re-sign him, and uh, it's proved out that you know he still played at 38 for crying out loud, and for the best player I ever coached was basketball player was Steve Nash. Uh, I've had some really great ones, but I think he was the best of all as the as a basketball player. I mean, that guy could do everything. Not a great guard, but uh, could uh, play, you know, all the other parts of the game. And he was, and he, and he tried defensively. He just wasn't great at that. Hey, Coach, we had a quick uh, discussion about 20 minutes ago about the three-point line. And I said the three-point line, when they first brought it to the NBA, was kind of a risk-reward shot where not a lot of guys shot the ball. I even went back and looked at our old box score. Remember that game when we beat the, the Nuggets 162-158? to 158? in Denver, I think we only shot four or five three-pointers that entire game. It just wasn't a big part of basketball back then. I think the way it is now, they either, I don't want to get rid of it, but they need to move that line way back somehow. I don't know if they can widen the courts and make it a 26-foot shot, but the risk-reward on the three-point shot, I think, has gotten completely out of, out of whack uh, other than the way it was intended. Try him again. He's on the beach in Maui for crying out loud. <laughs> on the beach in Maui, you hear the wind going. You get a beer in his hand, smoking a cigar. <laughs> he knew that was coming. He knew it was coming. Or at least we got him, what, by two? If we would have tried this five hours from now, you could forget about it. <laughs> it would not have been. It would not have gone swimmingly. But we'll continue to uh, slug away at this and see if we can rehook up with, with Nelly. And then maybe the next time we will let this thing. He's back again. Where the hell are you? On the beach? I'm back. Are you on the beach? I'm on Maui. Yeah, I know you're on yeah, Maui. Good things happen on Maui. Yeah, well, just, I tell you, do me a favor. Just stand still for five more minutes. That's it. Don't move. I'm working. <laughs> you're, oh, I about, the three, about the three-point shot. Yeah. You can't move it. You dumb bastard! Because you, you got a corner shot. There's only 50 feet. Make so the you make, shoot? make the damn court you wider. Widen, oh, you're gonna widen the whole court. Yeah, that's smart. That'll really happen. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the three point shot. I don't, I don't, coach. I don't hate the three point shot. But I, I well, you know what it's done. What? 
we know what it's done. It's kept a lot of old guys around because, you know, you can use that as a weapon because now you can't beat anybody anymore. You've got to wait around and then shoot that. I mean, we got guys playing 38 years old now. They're, they're guards, and usually guards' legs go out at about 33, 34. They're still playing. A lot of them, you know, like Jason Kidd and you name a bunch of other ones, because they can shoot the three. That's what they do. They shoot the three, and then they guard, and they, you know, they, they hang on. In your opinion, is it does it make the way the three point line is used now? Does it make for a better or worse brand of basketball? Well, you know, if, if you combine it with some decent rules that would help the younger, uh, the uh, smaller players, opposed to uh, creating rules for to make bigger players uh, have more of an impact in the game. You know, I mean, I never understood that. Uh, if, if they would move the charge line uh, out another foot and give you a chance to drive and penetrate without somebody running under you all the time. They get to that line and fall down. You know, I mean, that's, I think it's wrecking our game, and, and that's a benefit uh, of the big man. Uh, you know, he can dominate more. Not only can he block your shot, but he can also step up that line, fall down, and, and get a bunch of charges. So what's happening now is the smaller guy, because he's got to use speed and quickness, can't go in there fast anymore. He's got to go in there slow. So the bigger you are, the better chance you have of slowing yourself down and, and uh, shooting uh, balls over big guys and, and being a factor. Uh, so, you know, I think if you used a three-point shot and then eliminated some some of those silly rules that uh, help the, the giant guys, the big guys, the heavy guys, and uh, made it a more effort pro for uh, the smaller player, it would really help our game. We've had some people suggest that maybe you go out another 10 feet and you have a four-point shot. Who is that, Ralph? <laughs> no, Ralph is not here. He didn't suggest oh, that. Who thought of that one? <laughs> let's mo- let's just move on. Let's shoot at halftime and have a five-point shot. See what he's driving me, Tom. You haven't learned a thing since you played for me. Hey, I'm just trying to entertain. That's all I'm trying to do, Coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing a good job of that. And And moving on. Have you thought? I told you a long time ago, never let people know how dumb you are. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Have you thought about who's going to present you at the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, uh, I haven't talked to him yet, so, you know, I probably shouldn't say this. But, I, you know, uh, I'd like to have Chris Mullen do it. It would be my choice if he's not doing anything. And I'm going to ask him whatever I, he's got some new phone numbers I need to get. But I'd love to have him do it. That'd be my number one choice. But there's a lot of guys that I know in the Hall of Fame that I think would be glad to do it. What but about you? Like to have Molly do it. And if he can't do it, would you be opposed to giving Cuban a call? I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and if he, he is, however, in the Hall, he is, however, in the Hall of Shame. <laughs> I know you're a big fan. I just thought I'd go ahead and throw that one out there. We're talking to yeah, thanks a lot. You're going to be in trouble again. I'm probably going to get sued again. We'll have to call John O'Connor to bail me out again. Uh, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> you're I, killing me. You're killing me. What did you think of the uh, for the uh, the fans? I know I talked to you after the trade, but we haven't had you on the air since the trade. What were your thoughts on the Monte Ellis, Andrew Bogut trade, along with uh, Epe Udo going to Milwaukee? Well, you know, they got tired of waiting uh, for Bogus in Milwaukee, and uh, I think, you know, they on paper they made a bad trade because you don't trade a 6-3-2 guard for a, a, an all-star center. But they did it because, you know, he's been injured the last two or three years, and uh, and they just got tired of kind of waiting and paying $10 million a year uh, 
uh, and have him not play. So that led to, I thought, was a great trade for the Warriors. Uh, and I, and I'll you uh, go down to my my grave whether it works or not. I don't know, but it was a good trade. And I think if we had Curry there uh, playing right now, I think the team was as good as as it was before. And Bogus hasn't even suited up yet. Uh, but anyway, you know, you did lose two good players who are playing right now and, and uh, are a factor in the game. So I guess Milwaukee's happy. But I think we'll be real happy in, in the Bay Area over the next five, six years. You know, something I read yesterday, Coach, was uh, Larry Brown saying that he wanted to get back into basketball. He didn't know in what capacity he wanted to get back into basketball. But do you think guys like Larry Brown, yourself, uh, I, I think I would put George Carl in this category, guys that just love basketball so much, love watching it, love teaching it, love being a part of the game, that it's hard to just completely close the door at any point during your life because that's just what you've done your entire life and you love it so much? Well, it is hard, yeah, because, you know, we're fortunate to be around and, and, and do a job that we love. Not, not many people do that. I mean, I don't know how much you love your job, but uh, you love what you played and you, you can't do that forever. But actually, you can coach for a long, long time or maybe forever. And so those of us who've been lucky enough to do that for 40 years, play and coach, you know, you, you definitely miss it. But there is life without basketball. Um, I think we talked before. I'm, I'm doing some other things now that are very interesting. We're trying to create some companies to put Americans back to work. And uh, we're trying to not only create jobs in America, but create some really neat things made in America and stop buying things from China. Uh, so we're going to start making watches. We got the name called, uh, 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 but we're also going to make bicycles uh, and leather goods in Detroit, Michigan. We're, set, we're building a plant as we speak, and the name is going to be Shinola, like the shoe polish company. Remember, you don't know from Shinola? You don't know blank from Shinola? Yeah. Anyway, we brought that trade <laughs> name, so our Made in America goods are going to be Shinola watches, Shinola bicycles, Shinola leather goods. So we're really excited about nice. that. And once you start in doing something else, um, you don't miss it as much. You know, I'm real busy now and having a good time. Well, I think if you need investors, I think you and your partner should go on Shark Tank. That's another great uh, idea, Tom. <laughs> I'm Way full to of them today. I'm, your, I'm on fire. You think Mark Cuban might buy in? Oh, I would love to. I'd DVR that episode. What happened to you? Uh, I don't know. When you played for me. Oh, maybe I was. Maybe I just hit it for three years, and you finally figured me out. Oh, you fooled me. <laughs> I you fooled you. Me. For three years, I fooled you. <laughs> uh, hey, Coach, we got to run, but really, congratulations. I'm really, really happy for you. You know how much I enjoyed playing for you for, for three years. I wish it could have been a little bit longer, but I'm really happy that you made it into the Hall of Fame, and hopefully when you go in, I'll be there and watch you get inducted. That'd be awesome. Well, you know how much I love you, Tom, and thanks for having me on. And I got your two favorite dogs right here by me in Maui, right? All right. Tell them I said hi. Take care of them for me. All right, buddy. All right. Take it easy, Coach. Coach Don Nelson, Hall of Famer. All right. Coming up, he should be getting a call from Mark Cuban, I would imagine, in the next half an hour. <laughs> how awesome would that be? Nelly on the Shark Tank. <laughs>